Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 319 for October 24th, 2023. I'm your host, Randy Snow. On this week's show, the playoff field is set in the Canadian Football League. The University of Michigan is under investigation again. And the upcoming in-season edition of Hard Knocks on HBO will feature the Miami Dolphins. But I'm not here all by myself. Across the table for me, as always, is my son, Adam. Yeah, um, I don't know how long we're going to talk about the Lions today after that beating they <laughs> took the other day, but I think Kyle bad. and I got it out of our systems yep. on our other show. Yep. Hey, it's just it's just one game. You're not going to win them all. Yeah. Yes, they look pretty bad, but uh, uh, it's just one game, and uh, I think they will recover from this and still have a pretty decent season. I think the saying is what? You get a slice of humble pie? Well, I think the Ravens gave the Lions a big old piece of just humble pie the, the whole pie. It wasn't even yeah. a piece. They give them the whole pie. Right. And I think Lions fans, too, you know, you got to take a step back and stop bragging about having the best team. Like, okay, guys, let's just go back to one week at a time. They're still a good team, and they're better than, better than they have been, so I'm not too worried. Yep. All right. All right. We come to you each week from the, world, from the fabulous world of football man cave located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. Our goal is to educate, inform, and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. We'd also like to keep a close eye on where our listeners are at. And the last couple of weeks we've been asking folks to let us know what country, state, or city they're living in. We've uh, had some people call in from, or we know we've got listeners in Australia. You've been calling you? <laughs> no. We, but we know we've got listeners in Australia uh england japan and canada uh and we've heard some from some folks lately uh uh maryland uh, california oregon so yeah uh, we're gonna do this for a couple more weeks and just see where all uh, our fans are listening to us from so uh yeah just let us know and uh, uh we'll do this for a few more weeks and just see who uh who responds all right thanks for checking out our podcast we'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms apple podcast soundcloud TuneIn, spotify iHeartRadio and Amazon Music, so you can simply ask your Alexa device to play the World of Football podcast. We also have timestamps down in the descriptions of both the podcast and the YouTube video, so you can go right to the topics you really want to listen to. You can also find our podcast in its full audio form on our YouTube channel by searching for the handle at the World of Football on YouTube, as well as other selected videos like Just Lying Around, a Detroit Lions podcast where Adam and Kyle... Talked about the Week 7 beatdown of the Lions by the Baltimore Ravens. Are they the best team in the league? The Ravens just might be. Well, I don't know about that, but they were on that day, that's for sure. Uh, Another video just last night, uh, Adam and I recorded and posted a a video about the Arena Football League and what's going on there called uh, The Arena Football League is Taking Shape. Yep. And uh, we talked about the teams that we know about or speculated about some teams that might be out there. Uh, we could be right, could be wrong. So could be burning bridges with uh, the Arena Football League. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> and uh, one of the things we talked about last night is that uh, we didn't know the name of the Everett Washington team, and supposedly oh. they're going to announce that today. Okay, we're not even going to make that a news topic. All right, we're just going <laughs> to no. get rid of that one off. Well, the top. I don't know what it is. I haven't seen the release. I'm just saying that was would have been a news item in Arena Football news. Well, uh, we're, 
We're talking about no, it right, you just throwing it right away right for now, free, so. right at the beginning. Not even going to make the listeners work for it. Wow, Rainey's just so yeah, nice. If at to you some guys. point during the show, we find out what their team name is. Well, going it's not going to be during the show. We'll, they're doing we'll it have Thursday. Breaking news. It's it's happening Thursday at six. They or not announce when they're doing it. I I swore I saw last night that they were going to announce Thursday, it today. The Thursday, the twenty sixth. Oh, okay. Yeah. My mistake. If you would check your news, I mean, goodness <laughs> gracious. Because I thought you would put it in as a news story later, but man, we we're just not on the same page. Nope, we sure aren't. Just like we weren't on the same page yesterday. That's right. <laughs> All right, so let's begin today's show without any further ado. And we begin with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. That's right, everybody. I don't really want to talk about the scores because my Lions got blown out. And <laughs> I'm sitting in a new position this week, so I'm. Uh, it's very awkward. Uh, <laughs> you got to reach way well, yeah, over. Yeah, I'm trying to write down when you start talking about a, a topic, and I can't do that doing this. Yeah, you remind me of that picture. You don't remember this, but back when uh, uh, Richard Nixon was accused of uh, erasing some tapes, they showed his secretary uh, sitting at her desk, and she's like leaning way over, you know, in, in an impossible position to where she could have accidentally oh. re- uh, wiped out her the tapes or whatever. Well, the know. only reason I'm sitting like this, and I guess we're going to have to delay the scoreboard for a second because... Uh, it's because normally I think we figure out some of our audio issues is that our we sit too close together and my audio gets picked up on his microphone because he can't talk loud for some reason. All these years of podcasting, he can't develop podcast voice. I've been yelling at you my whole life. And I you can't, can't do it do on it a microphone. Anymore. So I'm sitting, I'm at least an extra two feet further back than I would normally sit. And I got, the, I'm trying to figure out if this is why I always get picked up on his microphone. So that's what we're doing. But anyway, so we're going to start the World of Football scoreboard right now. Um, and I still have to do double duty because I still have to type it down. So give me three seconds to do this. This is terrible. You oh are of no help to me right now. Um, all right. Week seven in the National Football League was kicked off Thursday night, which saw the New Orleans Saints fall to the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-24. to Did you watch any of this? Uh, I watched some of it. Not a whole lot. All right. Jacksonville, uh, I mean, kind of got lucky there at the end. The Saints dropped a pass in the end zone. They're uh, tight, young tight end there. Uh, feel bad for him dropping that pass. That would have tied up the game. But Jacksonville playing well. Uh, the Saints, not so much. Yeah. All right. Uh, then the Baltimore Ravens defeated the Detroit Lions 38-6 to in an absolute beatdown. It just seemed like Detroit couldn't do anything, and the Ravens just, everything went right. Yeah, Detroit's first three possessions were three and out. They finally got a, a first down. <laughs> well, by that point, possession. the Ravens were up twenty. They were already up twenty-eight, nothing. So. Twenty-one, nothing. By the time the Lions got a first down, yeah. it was it was just bad. It it, it was really just a, a to me. It seemed like the Lions just started too slow. It was you know you waste a three and out, and if you can't even stop the Ravens first off, but you can't match them, it's you're like gonna were, you're gonna fall behind real fast. It's like they were way too conservative in their play calling and just everything was. And then, yeah, and then, then eventually they opened it up, and it's like now you open it up like right. down thirty five points. Like where was right. they trying to do this earlier? It just yep. it was a very bizarre. I don't know who to really blame for it, yeah. um, but it's one of those games I think right now that we'll just you know delete the tape, move on, and we'll be like, hey, remember when we lost back? Back right. then, like, what yeah, a weird, what a weird week that was. Yeah, I don't know. We don't have any tape of it. Who knows? It could be an anomaly, or it, hopefully, it's not a trend. If it's an anomaly, then we'll right. just be like, yeah, that was weird. What if we lose that game? Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, the the uh, one touchdown they got was from Jameer Gibbs. I didn't realize that was his first NFL yeah, touchdown. His first NFL touchdown okay. for yeah. the rookie. Yep. Uh, the Chicago Bears got a big win over the Las Vegas Raiders, thirty to twelve, between two backup quarterbacks. Um, I forget who was uh Brian Hoyer was the Raiders quarterback, and then that uh L- 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 Lagent, um, 
Yeah, he, I can't remember. He's his name. a Division two quarterback. He lost from to the Shepherd University. He lost to the school for School of Mines uh, yeah. in college. I don't know. They made a big deal out of that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so two backup quarterbacks. Uh, Bears got the best of that one. Uh, this game wasn't entertaining. How about this? The Cleveland Browns edged the Indianapolis Colts thirty-nine to thirty-eight. I did see what a game. The end of that game. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like the Colts uniforms. I think those might be some of the worst uniforms I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, I don't like those at all. Um, but the, the Cleveland Browns defense, something else. And Miles Garrett has got to be the defensive player of the year. As much as I love Aiden Hutchinson, Miles mm-hmm. Garrett is just miles above, no pun intended, uh, the competition right now. That dude just has been flat out, you know, gunning around the field, blocking kicks, making havoc in the end zone, forcing fumbles to get you know his defense a touchdown. I didn't think you were allowed to jump over the line like that. I think over the center you can't, but the way... It looked I, like that's what he did. He, well, it wasn't over the center. It was over, I believe, a tackle or a guard. I can't remember because mm. they got so many bodies there, but it definitely wasn't over the center. Mm. Um, but I I don't know how that worked. I haven't seen official. Because, yeah, I was, thought that was weird, too, that he was allowed to just jump over and it right. not get called. Cause I, we, know, I know you can't say that. Packers player against back. Detroit on that Thursday night game got called, but that was over the center. Hmm. Um, so I guess I'd have to look a little deeper into the explanation for that. Or if somebody out there knows and can share with us, that, hmm. that'd be great, grateful. Uh, so uh, a pleasant surprise. Well, not a pleasant surprise, but uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, definitely – Surprised by the Patriots getting a 29-25 victory over them. Yeah. Um, who saw that coming? Not no, me. I, I didn't expect I thought that. the Patriots were darn near dead in the water, really, but yeah. they put up a fight at home against their division rival. We found that a lot this week. The yeah. teams that everybody thought was dead, you know, especially us doing our NFL picks. Now speak for yourself. That, uh, <laughs> it was, and so many teams came out of nowhere this week to, to yeah. win games that uh, they shouldn't have. Yep, here, and here's another one. The New York Giants, the team I said was dead in the water, getting a 14-7 win over the commanders uh i mean again another division game so sometimes that's those are the games you really got to watch out for the division games it doesn't matter what a team's record is that's where the upsets are usually a brewing hmm. uh and here's another division game the atlanta falcons uh defeated the tampa bay buccaneers 16 to 13 on a last second field goal by young way heck of a kick heck of a win for the falcons which sends them to first place in the nfc south hmm. Uh, big loss, two losses now in a row, for, or three losses in a row, I think, for the Buccaneers because they started off 3-0. Hmm. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers got a win over the L.A. Rams. A lot of controversy in this game based around the time, the timing of a play where uh, they said Kenny Pickett was down, or they marked the spot really bad and had, because it was like with two minutes and 14 seconds left in the game, and had... Uh, the play, there was just a situation where the Rams had no timeout, so they couldn't call a challenge. And had that play happened within the two-minute warning, it would have been reviewed, and it would have gone the Rams' way because it was a terrible spot. Mm. So because of the terrible spot and because they, they just couldn't review that play, uh, the Steelers kept the ball and you know essentially ran the clock out. But uh, this is part, part of the bigger issue I think I'm having with NFL officiating this year, just the rules in general of... If there's a, a, a very important play like that, let's get the spot right. Let's get this right. You you have all these expedited reviews as you know an officiating crew. Right. Get it done. There's no reason for all these bad calls for these calls that are literally changing games. Right. And we'll talk about some stuff here in a second. But I'm just I'm getting really tired of it. And the fact that the league doesn't do anything about it because they know we're going to keep coming back every week no matter what. Right. It, it's it's frustrating. Yep. So. Uh, the Seahawks got a win over the Cardinals, twenty to ten. 
The Denver Broncos got a victory over the Green Bay Packers, 19 to 17. This game was an ugly one. I didn't catch any of it, but uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I, I saw a couple of highlights. I had predicted Green Bay to win because I thought they were the better team, but I was rooting against them. I was yeah. rooting for Denver to beat them, and they did. And I, yeah. That was very satisfying. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were fueled by Swifty Power as they got the victory over the Chargers, thirty-one seventeen. Her first game that wasn't on national TV. No, but uh, did you see the footage of her and Brittany Mahomes yeah, had a secret handshake? Doing, yeah, doing the and then handshake. Then Jackson thing. Mahomes got in it. That stinking sob. I can't stand <laughs> that kid. The fact I lost a little respect for Taylor Swift letting that guy in on their secret handshake. Mm. I I cannot stand for this T Swift. Like, come on, get that hate that guy. Jackson, I swear, there's one person on this planet besides uh uh the great Cheeto that led our nation at one point. Uh, he's the other one. Those are the two guys I just want to send to an island and just never hear from him again. Okay. All right. Uh, opinions expressed on this podcast are Adams and not mine. He's, he says. <laughs> Um, all right, then the Sunday night game, the Philadelphia Eagles got a 31-17 victory over the Miami Dolphins wearing those classic Sweet. Kelly green uniforms. That was a great look. Shout out to the uh, NBC crew for actually using the Philadelphia Eagles throwback logo as the graphic on like the scoreboard, you know, all their graphic packages and stuff. Because I thought that was a big missed opportunity a couple weeks ago when the Buccaneers were rocking their creamsicles that they didn't do that. Right, and I yeah. think they need to do that more, especially this week where I believe you're getting the Seahawks wearing their throwbacks. Mm. You got the Titans who are going to be rocking the Oilers look this week. So I better be seeing some of that, you know, across the league. Like, let's let's lean into this, you know, throwback stuff. And then the Lions right. will be wearing uh, their al- brand new alternate helmet on Monday Night Football. So I don't know if that deserves getting a, a graphic package, but... Also worth noting. Mm. Uh, but then the officiating in this game. I don't know how much of the Sunday night game you watched. Not a whole lot. It just, I I know there's penalties in every game. And I try not to let officiating, you know, to me, be the reason why a team won or lost. But it was very flagrant in this game where I thought Miami got jobbed quite a few times during the game. At least at one point they got vindication because, like, I think they got called for a penalty that shouldn't have been a penalty. And then... Uh, Jalen Hurts went around and threw an interception for a touchdown, like the next play. So a little bit of karma there, but just there was a play where they didn't call pass interference. Um, and like, I think Darius Slay got the interception as much as I love you, Darius, that should not have been an interception. There was a clearly a penalty on the Eagles on that play. Um, it, well, there was a few in the lions game. Yeah, there was too. one in the lions game where it bounced off of Jamison Williams helmet. Uh, but how could he go catch the ball when a guy's got his arm on Jameis's other right. arm and he, he can't reach up? He his arm down before the ball got there yeah, and so then the ball hit him in the head. Officiating yeah. across the board is just yeah. plum awful. Yep. Uh, and then last night, the 49ers fell to the Minnesota Vikings 22-17, to another one of those one-score games. Oh, nobody saw that one coming, I'm telling nope, you. Nobody did. <laughs> I mean, Kirk Cousins showing up in prime time. I mean, who would have guessed? Yeah. But uh, another close loss uh, for the... Uh, 49ers, two in a row. They had their chance at the end of the game. Yeah, they I did, did stay up for this whole game. They they threw an interception they there again. I was chance. editing a video, the video while uh, the end of the game was happening. Yeah. But man, uh, just great tight end play. Hawkinson and George Kittle putting on a clinic uh, in that game. Addison filling in for um, uh, who's the star wide receiver for the Vikings? Uh, Jefferson. Justin Jefferson has been hurt. So that rookie wide receiver, Addison, had a big game. Couple of great, I think there was a 60 yard touchdown where he ripped the ball out of the defender's hands. Like it was almost an interception, but he ripped the ball out and then went down the field for a 60 yard touchdown. So that was cool to see. 
uh, because I had him on both of my fantasy teams. Uh, but um, <laughs> it was just a great play altogether. I mean, but uh, yeah, so that was week seven. Uh, we had six teams on by the Panthers, Texans, Cowboys, Jets, Titans, and Bengals. And that'll do it for the NFL this week. Uh, and then now we're going to move up north of the border to Canada. Sweet, sweet Canada. Let me just, again, edit my notes. i got to figure out a better way to do this. All right, guys. It was week 20 in the CFL. Um, one week remaining. I, I can't believe it's a 21-week season. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, it's 18 games over 21 weeks. So, yeah, yeah still one more week. But, um, well, well, we'll talk about the results here in a minute. All right. So uh, on Friday night, the Calgary Stampeders defeated the British Columbia Lions 41-16. to Calgary was up 17-3 to at halftime. Uh, Calgary quarterback Jake Mayer completed 10 passes for 123 yards and two touchdowns, while running back Peyton Logan carried the ball just eight times and had 105 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was also averaging 13.1 yards per catch. Yeah, that's a phenomenal stat. Great, eight, great eight, average. Eight carries for 105 yards, 13.1 yard per average carry. Oh, it's wow. a carry, not a catch. Okay, no, you wrote per, that wrong. Oh, yeah, per carry. And I did the same for the wide receiver here coming up. Okay. In the game, but. Uh, the wide receiver, Reg, Reggie Bagleton had four catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. And British Columbia, uh, their quarterback, Dane Evans and Vernon Adams, uh, combined to complete 23 passes for 241 yards and a touchdown. Running back Jaquan Hardy ran the ball 11 times for 41 yards and a touchdown, while wide receiver Justin McInnes had seven catches for 108 yards. Then on Saturday night, the defending Grey Cup champion Toronto Argonauts defeated the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 29-26. Saskatchewan was even up at halftime, 17-16. They needed this win to keep their playoff hopes alive, but uh, those defending champs uh, would not allow it as Argos quarterback Chad Kelly and Cameron Dukes combined to complete 28 passes for 388 yards and a touchdown. Running back... Daniel Ababoy, well, Adababoye. Adababoye, there you go. Adababoye, I even wrote it phonetically, and I yeah. forgot that I did that. Ran the ball nine times for 109 yards and a touchdown, while wide receiver Demonte Coxie had five catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Saskatchewan quarterback Jake Dolagala completed 30 passes for 429 yards and two touchdowns, while wide receiver Samuel uh, Emilis. Emilis had seven catches for 137 yards and a touchdown, while wide receiver Sean Bain Jr. had eight catches for 139 yards. Uh, the Argos tied the franchise record for the most wins in a single season with 15, so congratulations to them. They yep. got one more to go, yep. unless they're on bye next week. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, and then the loss by Saskatchewan gave the final playoff spot in the West to the Stampeders. So yeah, I think uh, uh, Toronto will have another crack at it because they're 15 and 2 right now. Okay. So, uh, okay, yep. So yeah, they have one more game to try to get that record. And then on Saturday, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defeated the Edmonton Elks 45 to 25. Winnipeg was up 24-17 at halftime and just wouldn't let go. Uh Winnipeg's quarterbacks Zach Caleros and Drew Brown, a lot of a lot of Bringing in the other backups, yeah, I think because for these playoff get, you know, they know they're they're the champs of the West, so right. you know they're giving the backups some time to play. Yeah, so they combined for twenty passes, two hundred nineteen yards, and three touchdowns. Running back Brady Oliveira ran for seventy-two yards and two touchdowns. Wide receiver Kenny Lawler had six catches for ninety-eight yards, and then for Edmonton quarterback Trey Ford, our current uh, one of our favorite quarterbacks yep. coming up in the CFL, there yep. uh, completed twelve passes for two hundred eighty-eight yards, no touchdowns. 24 yards per pass average, uh, while wide receiver Eugene Lewis had seven catches for 158 yards. 
Wide receiver Deontez Alexander returned a kickoff 98 yards for a touchdown, uh, unfortunately, in their losing cause. Yeah. Uh, then on by the oh, do you have more about this? No, I just, I posted the uh, the replay of okay. that ninety eight yard kickoff return yeah. on our Facebook and well, at least uh, on our X page. Okay, and then on by this week the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Montreal Alouettes, and Ottawa Red Blacks. So the playoffs are set. You know, we have one week, so it'll be a big formality next week. Uh, but here's your standings as is: the Toronto Argonauts have clinched the Eastern Division, and uh, the Montreal Alouettes will be the second seed. Uh, so Toronto's 15 and two, the Alouettes are 10 and seven, and they will host the Hamilton Tiger Cats who are eight and nine, uh, in the first round of the playoffs. And then the Ottawa Red Blacks eliminated, obviously with a four and 13 record in the West, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers clinched the West division with a 13 and four record. Uh, the British Columbia Lions at 12 and six will host the Calgary Stampeders who are six and 11 followed by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at six and 12 who were eliminated and the Edmonton Elks at four and 14 who are eliminated. And with that, Unless you have more to say about the CFL, we're going to throw it over to Randy. No, I I did watch the highlights of the CFL and yeah. uh, a lot of good games, especially that uh, Toronto game. That was pretty pretty yeah, fun to watch. Uh, being a Toronto fan, I was glad to see him come back in the closing minutes to win that game. Uh, but yeah, a lot of great highlights up there. Check out all the all the games from last week. All right. Well, then without further ado, we're going to throw it over to Randy and we're going to talk some college football scores. Yes, we're going to start at the FBS level. This is week eight at college football. Number one, Georgia sits at 7-0, and but they did not play this past weekend. But number two, Michigan did play, and uh, they improved to 8-0 by shutting out cross-state rival Michigan State 49 to nothing. Did you watch a good share of this game? I uh, flipped it on long enough to see Michigan go up 28 to nothing. Yeah. It was almost as bad as that Lions game the next yeah. day. Yeah. Michigan so, State just could not do anything. Uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with some of the sign stealing. I guess we'll talk about that <laughs> later, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I did not like the Michigan State helmets. Uh, black helmets with a dark green logo, which you could not see unless they zoomed in. It doesn't in look on good on the field. Player. I thought no, it, it looked great, terrible. like in pictures and stuff, I guess. It, it grew on me a little bit, but yeah, I, I don't get the. the no. You have a dark green logo, and you're going to put on a black helmet. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't show up on the field. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, number three, Ohio State improved to 7 0 uh, with a win over number seven, Penn State, 20 to 12. Uh, that was Penn State's first loss of the season. I watched a little bit of this game. I was really pulling for Penn State. They were playing them close early, but Ohio State just clearly the better team. Mm, yeah, I didn't watch any of that. Uh, Florida State improve, improved to 7-0 and uh, by beating number 16, Duke, 38-20. to uh, Number 5, Washington improved to 7-0 and with a win over Arizona State, 15-7. to Number 6, Oklahoma improved to 7-0 and with a win over UCF, 31-29. to Virginia upset number 10, North Carolina, 31 to 27. Number 11, Alabama defeated number 17, Tennessee, 34 to 20. Minnesota upset number 24, Iowa, 12 to 10. And James Madison uh, improved to 7 and 0 also. Who? James Madison. Who? Uh, defeated Marshall, 20 to 9. This is the first season that James Madison is playing at the F. BS level. Last year they were at the FCS level, so oh. I think I heard somewhere that they're not bowl eligible because it's because it's their first season at this level. They're seven and zero. Why would you penalize a team uh, just because they came up a level and this was their first year? Poppycock is what that's, I call it. That's awful. I mean, they could go undefeated and not make a bowl game. So yeah. that's that does not sound right. But uh, yeah, con- congratulations, James Madison. Uh, uh, yeah, I've I've heard the name for many years at the uh, FCS level, but now they've they've moved up, so good for them. Uh, and Liberty 
improved to 7 and 0 with a win over Middle Tennessee 42 to 35. Ohio, the University of Ohio defeated our beloved Western Michigan team 20 to 17. I saw some of this on TV. Uh you probably didn't, I didn't catch, catch this, but yeah, it was on CBS Sportsnet and uh I mean, Western played okay, but just not good enough to win this game. Uh UNC Charlotte over East Carolina 10 to 7. Miami, Florida over Clemson, 28-20 in double overtime. SMU shut out Temple, 55-0. And South Alabama over Southern Miss, 55-3. In the military academies, it was number 19 LSU shutting out Army, 62 to nothing. Wow. And number 22 Air Force improved to 7-0 over uh, Navy with a win, 17-6. to six. Good for Air Force, uh, undefeated and uh, ranked in the top 25 this year. So I've seen one or two of their games this year. I love watching Air Force play. All right, from here on, uh, at these lower levels, we're going to randomly give you two scores from each one. So at the FCS level, it was Austin P over Southern Utah, 48-45 to in double o- overtime. And Tennessee State shut out Lincoln of California, 54 to nothing. Then at the Division II level, Virginia Union shut out Lincoln of Pennsylvania this time, 57 to nothing, and Grand Valley, Grand Valley State over Northern Michigan, 73 to 14. At the Division III level, it was Alma College over Kalamazoo College, 43 to 10, and the University of Wisconsin River Falls over Wisconsin Stevens Point, 75 to 14. NAIA scores St. Thomas over Ave Maria, 73 to 10. And Marion over St. Francis of Indiana, 24-14. to At the junior college level, Snow College improved to 6-2 and two by shutting out Pacific Northwestern Christian College, 55 to nothing, And Iowa Western over Butler, 28-21. Traveling up to Canada now, uh, U Sports in Canada, their version of the NCAA. The Windsor Lancers shut out the York Lions, 69 to nothing. These York Lions, they have been losing, getting shut out every other week. Uh, they're just really, really bad this year. I, I feel bad for them. Uh, Queens Golden Gales over the Ottawa GGs, 12-8 to in the other game from uh, uh, U Sports Canada. And uh, then we've got the Canadian Junior Football League. St. Clair Saints squeaked by the London Beefeaters, 32-31. to And the Okanagan Sun over the Valley Huskers, 33-16. to and that is it for this week's World of Football Scoreboard, where we tried to touch every level of college football. All right, moving on to some NFL news. Uh, right after last week's game, uh, it was announced that uh, Indianapolis Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson was going to be having season-ending shoulder surgery, so I guess he's done for the season. I didn't hear that he actually had it yet. I'm assuming he did, but that was the plan, is that he was going to have Season-ending right. shoulder <clears throat> surgery. Did yeah, you hate, you hate to see that. Yeah, huh? Did you hear one way or the other? Did he have the surgery? I don't know if he actually had it or not. I knew that was the plan. Right. So, yeah, shutting him down uh, it sucks because he, I think in his limited time we saw him, he, he looked like he was going to be a lot of fun to watch this right, year. Yeah. So, little little bum that we're going to get robbed of seeing his rookie season. Um, just hope he gets better next year and, you know, he can come back to Indianapolis and we'll see how they build. Uh, you know, they'll probably have some early draft picks. I'm not going to say they're going to lose out this year, but... Mm. They'll probably have some early draft picks to help build a build around Richardson, and should be a lot more, you know, a lot of fun to watch next year too. Uh, another NFL story: Commissioner Roger Goodell, who is 64 years old, 
got a three-year contract extension through March of 2027. Financial terms were not immediately disclosed, but he reportedly was paid $63.9 million in each of the last two seasons. Wow. That's a good chunk of change for doing nothing <laughs> to change anything that's bad about the NFL. I mean, when you work for the owners, I right. mean, it, I get it. Roger Goodell, look, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's as bad as people say, but he definitely doesn't do as good a job as I think he could do. Um, he kind of lies somewhere in the middle. But look, you got to admit, the NFL is reaping oh, yeah. the best benefits they've Why had ever. Why would they ever. change anything when they're making money hand over fist yep. and they don't have to do anything? Yep. And that's and one of the problems I have with the NFL. I get it. And I just, I, I don't know, he talks a good game. You'd like to see, you know, some more, uh, some more action, some more preventative stuff, you know, coming right. along the pipeline. Like, yeah, maybe do something before people uh, browbeat you into doing something. Right. You know, that'd be nice for a change. Yeah. But all right, um, HBO's Hard Knocks is coming back with another in-season edition. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when that's going to start. It says coming soon. But the Miami Dolphins are going to be the team that's going to be featured. Uh, how do you feel about that? To be honest with you, so what, what, the two previous ones they did, they did the Indianapolis Colts two seasons ago. Didn't watch any of it. We watched one episode, and well, it that's just... That's right. We did watch. We, we watched, watched one episode. It just didn't... Never watched another one. It didn't one. work. Uh, then the Arizona Cardinals were on last year. Didn't, I don't think I watched any watch of that. a single one of that. But the Miami Dolphins have a head coach... And a team that might actually be interesting enough to tune in every week to kind of see some behind the scenes. Mike McDaniels is a quote machine. This dude, anytime he steps up to the podium, has a microphone in his mouth or races a cameraman <laughs> off the field. Like this dude is a character. And I don't know if you heard some of like the, he, he was interviewed on one of the um, sports shows this week. You know, like one of those pregame things they do. I think. Okay. But he was telling a story about how when he was a kid, he lived in Denver, and he didn't have a babysitter. He'd get up at 7 in the morning, his mom would go to work, and he would go to Broncos training camp during the summer. And he would get autographs from players, but he would also, like, he would wear, like, a, I forget what team hat he had on. I think it was a Charlotte Hornets hat he said he had. He'd wear the Charlotte Hornets hats at the beginning of the day, and at the end of the day, he'd take the hat off and go get an, another autograph from the same player. Mm -hmm. uh, but he said he <laughs> lost his hat one time, and he couldn't find it. And one of the people who worked for the Broncos, I don't know if he was an equipment guy or what, but he said, hey, I lost my hat. Uh, he like went to the lost and found, if uh, you found anything like that? And the guy said, no, unfortunately not. But then I think the next day, if I'm telling the story correctly, uh, that same guy he went and talked to at the lost and found gave him that Charlotte Hornets hat back, but it had the hag still on it. And so the guy went out, bought it, the kid a hat, and then Mike McDaniel says he introduced that guy to his mom and I think that's his stepdad. Oh. So it was like, it was a really cool, it was actually a really cool story he huh. told. So, and he's got an interesting journey, you know, through the NFL being an assistant coach. I think he had some substance abuse problems at one point. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's, he was like a Denver Bronco ball boy uh, also when he was a kid. Hmm. Uh, so he's just an interesting, funny dude. And I think that would, uh, in long story short, would I think that's going to gravitate me to maybe trying to check out this Miami Dolphins in season. I only got room in my life for one HBO Hard Knocks per year. So I'll do the preseason stuff. Uh, I'm not going to bother with any in-season. I, like I said, I'm going to give it a try, uh, a try. But, yeah, there's so much stuff now. It's yeah. hard to jump on. This is just one more thing to add onto the pile of stuff I'm already trying to keep up with. Yeah, I've got another show I'm watching, which I'll be talking about here oh, in yeah, a few yeah, minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, a couple of uh, uh, 
transactions, uh, Broncos safety Kareem Jackson is suspended for four games for a targeting hit during the Packers game. I hadn't heard about this, but you just showed me the yeah, video. Yeah, I showed you the ago. video of at least of one of the plays that kind of launched the suspension. Yeah, the dude, right. you just can't lead with the helmet guy. Like, I know it's hard out there and, you know, guys are flying around, you know, 20 miles an hour sometimes. It, but the some of these forcible acts you've been seeing around, you know, guys leading with their helmet, some dirty hits. This is just your professional athletes. We don't, we don't need any of this. Like, Getting in the fights before games. I get it. There's a lot of trash talk. But this, this hit, like I said, out of context, not watching the full play and just seeing the slowed down hit on like a Packers wide receiver along the sideline. Just it's gruesome. Was it four, uh, four games worthy? I don't know. That that would lead me to think that he's got a history of Could some be. bad hits. And they just said, you know what? You're done. Maybe he had a couple questionable hits during the game, but that's the one that broke the camel's back. Right. But yeah. So I think anytime there's a player that gets suspended, or something that's not gambling, uh, and it was like on field play, you got to take note of it. And so, Kareem, we'll see you in four weeks, I guess. Yeah, uh, in another transaction, the Eagles traded safety Terrell Edmonds, uh, and two draft picks to the Titans for safety Kevin Byard. Byard, yep, a total upgrade, a former teammate of AJ Brown. So, um, I think the Eagles got the better end of this deal here, upgrading at the safety position in that defense. Um, and right now, this is the time. Like the trade deadline's what next week, so I think so yeah. It's so are we going to be seeing some more big transactions? You know, McCaffrey went and got traded last year at the deadline. Are we going to have a big splash like that, or is it going to be stuff like this where it's like not super noteworthy? Because like you said, who's Kevin Byard? Uh, just a solid safety, a guy who's going to probably be a great fit on your on your already you know got a bunch of good dudes on that uh, Eagles back half of that line, but clearly a guy that is going to up their game. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm curious to see what other moves are coming. I'm sure there will be some before the trade deadline. Uh, it's not November 1st. I'm not sure, uh, exactly sure when it is. Yeah, probably. Is Either that or 1st? Halloween Day. It's usually that Tuesday, so it would be the Halloween Day maybe. Oh, yeah. Either that yeah. or the week after. I'm not sure. Yeah. All right, moving on to some college news. The University of Michigan is being investigated for stealing signs of opposing teams. Michigan uh, has suspended football staffer Colin Stalian. Is that how, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Uh, pending the conclusion of the NCAA investigation, sign stealing isn't illegal in college football, but an NCAA rule bans off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents in the same season. And I guess that's where this comes from. I guess they supposedly Michigan had several. Uh, staffers go to various games around the country, uh, actually attend the game and sit between the 45-yard lines and watch the sidelines, taking notes on uh, what some of their signals were and then what the plane, what the play was that was a result of that call. And uh, so, that I guess is is what they're being investigated for. Um, uh, not only future opponents, but a possible college football playoff opponents were being scouted by some of their staffers. And um, uh, Coach Harbaugh is also being investigated for recruiting violations right now. He had a self-imposed, what, three-game uh, suspension early in the season. So, yeah. yeah, Michigan's got some some issues going on. Hey, when you're a big program like that and you become the top dog, of course, I think all these programs do it. That's why oh, I think yeah. they just got oh, they yeah. just got to get out from under the NCAA something. We just got to get rid of the NCAA and they got to restructure. <laughs> I'm not kidding because I think Matt Rule, the he's the head coach over at Nebraska now. 
He the former Panthers head coach. I'm not sure. Yeah, he, so he, I saw a video of him doing a press conference talking about sign stealing, and he said, everybody does it. He's like, I, this is the one thing I don't like about college, where like you have all these teams, because the, the coaches vote against giving their players headphones right. in their helmets, that they resort to these uh, signs on the side sideline, which I always thought was goofy. I'm like, why? Like, yeah, why don't we have helmets? And these, you know, he's like, high school kids do it. They have microphones in their helmets. They're better prepared. Hmm. High schools are now putting microphones in their kids' helmets so they don't have to do this sign, this sign stuff. NFL's got microphones in their helmets. College does not have microphone in their helmets, and they resort to these goofy signs. Like you deserve to have your stuff, sto- you know, your signs stolen. If it's just it, he, the way he explained it was, their kids are unprepared. So that's why you got oh, just look at the sign and that's the play. Like n- no, why don't you just better prepare your team? Why don't you just these guys want to go to the NFL anyway. Why aren't you treating them like that? And it's just, I don't know. I, I think Matt Rule made some good points. Go find that video. Uh, I recommend it. He Like I said, he's he doesn't exactly say, because I think they asked him at the end, like, do you think Michigan did anything to you uh, when you played them? Like, did you feel like they had any advantage? And he's like, well, I haven't been asked any questions by the NCAA, so I'm not going to really talk about that. But it's like, I'm sure all these teams do it. Well, Michigan wrong? just got caught. What's wrong with uh, having the quarterback have a wristband with the plays on it, and you send a player in? The coach says play seventeen this time. Right. What's wrong with that? And, and to me, like, okay, nobody's gonna steal that. And to me, having a player or a, a personnel person, and I'm not trying to excuse what Michigan did. If they broke a rule, they broke a rule. Yeah. Even though, if I think it's a dumb rule, but what's the difference between having a staffer at the game watching this when I'm sure every week they have video? Somebody's taking video anyway. Like, don't they get the tapes every week? Yeah, from... but I don't. In the videos, I don't think you're you're seeing the sidelines. You know, you're seeing it from like an end zone. I think a lot of the coaches they get just an end zone view so they can watch the the, the development of the play. See, I just I just think like there's they probably would still get some sort of video of seeing it. We have nationally televised games where can't you see the signs because the broadcasters always show the signs. Yeah. Are the broadcasters going to get fined for showing their signs? Like. I don't know. I just think it's goofy and dumb, and I think this is dumb, and that NCAA should just be dissolved anyway. It hmm. We're moving that way anyway with these super conferences, and the next step is going to be getting out from under the NCAA, having all these big Power 5 schools get together and go, you know, why don't we just create the semi-collegiate professional amateur league and get out from underneath the NCAA? That's the next step. Goodbye. And the NCAA is a dinosaur. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, Navy unveiled the number 12 on their field in honor of Roger Staubach, the only Heisman Trophy winner ever at the... No, he wasn't the only one. Uh, the most famous one? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, uh, Joe Bellino, I think, uh, also was at, at Navy. But, um, or no, he was Army. Maybe Art Roger was the only one from Navy. Anyway. This is uh, Randy Snow talking to himself <laughs> on a podcast. Finally, somebody's listening to me. Uh, let's see. Uh, the number will permanently permanently be displayed on the field at the 12-yard line from now on oh. in honor of Roger Staubach. Interesting. Uh, I saw that on the field because I watched a little of that game, and I, I'm like, well, what are they, what, what's the number 12? And my mind, of course, went right to Roger Staubach, but I didn't hear about it until I read an article later, you know, like the next day after the game. And yet you still couldn't tell us why they did this. It's to honor him? It's to honor Roger Staubach, yes, yes. I'm surprised. I think this is, a, you know, the team's got the ring of honor. Team's got the the wall of fame or whatever. Right. I think putting a player's number forever, like 
forever on the field, you know, like highlighting a certain number. Like that'd be like the Lions highlighting the number 20 on the on the field and making it look like a jersey number instead of the regular mm. number font. Or like, a, oh, what would be like another example? Like uh, number nine. Or like a number <laughs> nine for like, or, or like a Joe Montana, like number 16 at the 16-yard line of uh, San Francisco. Like something like that. You know what? That's actually kind of cool, but yeah. I, I guess I have to see a picture of it too. It's like the twelve yard line. That's weird. That I'd have to see yeah, that it's big old number twelve. It looks like a black number uh, outlined in gold, huh. which are the team colors. So yeah, I'm gonna have to see because like that's a weird place to have it. Like at the twelve yard line. Yeah, it's just it's just in that area. Okay, you know, it's just like like any other uh, you know advertiser you might see on the field, oh. or whatever. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, let's see the L.A. Bowl will now be hosted by Gronk. And I guess that's going to be the official name now. L.A. Bowl hosted by Gronk. Great. When we have to read that score later this year. And in the L.A. Bowl hosted by Gronk. (laughs) Rob Gronkowski has signed a multi-year deal to host the annual college bowl game at SoFi Stadium. Uh, This year the game is going to be on December 16th, and it's going to feature a team in the Mountain West versus the Pac-12. Oh, well, they're still Yeah, so it's one last time for the Pac-12 to show up anywhere in a bowl game. But yeah, wasn't wasn't this the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl when it first came yeah. out a couple of years ago? The L.A. Jimmy then, Kimmel Bowl, yeah, yeah, something like that. There it was, Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, and then it became the L.A. Bowl. Who can keep track? But yeah, just another Los Angeles uh, celebrity type. Uh, you know, let's get a celebrity into the game because people here wouldn't go to a game unless there's a celebrity. Well, in a few years, when it's the it. L.A. Uh, bowl presented by Kurt Metafee, I mean, I'm sure we'll still check in. <laughs> Give, give the, me my Terry Bradshaw. I want bowl. the That's Al Bundy Bowl with the, oh, you know, where Ed O'Neill comes out and does the coin flip at the beginning of the game, and yeah, Peg's there, <laughs> Kelly and Bud. And, Man, you're living a pipe dream. I wish I was in that fantasy world. <laughs> uh, you can. It's reserved just for me. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Al ever... Bundy Shoe Bowl. Oh, there you go. Yeah, hosted at uh, Ohio State's uh, stadium oh, known as yeah, the Yeah, you have the a bowl shoe. game up up north outside the luck. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, University of Texas freshman quarterback Arch Manning has donated $102,500 to the to the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Central Texas, and this money comes from his NIL money that he's uh, been receiving. Can the Mannings get any cooler? You know, you've I got mean, you've got uh, Dad Manning. You've got uh, you mean Arch, Archie, and uh, you know Peyton and and Eli. And now here comes Arch doing something like this. The Mannings are so cool. They they've got their act together. They know what's right and wrong, and uh, just they're just they're just something else. Uh, let's see. Moving on from there, uh, the indoor football league supposedly was going to have a big announcement today. Is that what you just found? I am pulling it up right now because just we're... before we started recording, I could not find anything from there. I, my guess was that it was going to be uh, the schedule release. Uh, is that uh... they said uh, it is Indianapolis to join the IFL oh. in 2025? Oh, okay. So, so not next year, but the year after. Yep. Their uh, their official statement here reads: As the indoor football league is proud to announce the addition of an Indianapolis expansion team. For the 2025 season. Oh, okay. The Indy expansion team was announced Tuesday at the grounds of the Fishers Event Center by IFL Commissioner Todd Tyrone and team owner Jim Hallett. Uh, the brand new Fishers Event Center will be the home of the newest IFL franchise. Mm. So, okay. interesting. Uh, I mean, 
that would have, would have been a location maybe you'd think that the Arena Football League would have done. But now here we are. Now the IFL is already starting to plant flags for 2025. Mm. Uh, and the Arena Football League is trying to still get 2024 put together. <laughs> so uh, interesting. Uh, definitely not the announcement I was expecting. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, cool. it, it, if you look at the graphic they use, it is like a blueprint kind of uh, outline they put on the announcement at first. So, kind of interesting that okay they're laying the foundation for the future because I you know we we talk a lot of the time like we love the Arena Football League and what it was and it was the king it yes. was the king daddy of the indoor yep. game yep but then when they went away indoor football has stepped up its game the last few years and right. they are solid the, solid teams solid teams organizations you don't see teams you know folding mid season they are right. the creme de la creme right now of indoor football and that's where right. the Arena Football League this new one is trying to get back to but. Until that time, the Indoor Football League is the top dog of the indoor game. As much as I hate saying it, only because I love the Arena Football brand. Right. But the new Arena Football League's got to earn it, and that's where a lot of our problems have been. Uh, but hey, So, hey, kudos to the Indoor Football League for clearly identifying, hey, we got 2024 set. Let's We already got our eyes on the future, and let's stake out this very uh, lucrative market in Indianapolis. And I'm sure uh, if all goes well, maybe they even get a certain uh, – Pat McAfee to be involved. <laughs> how much you want to well, bet? Maybe, maybe. How much you want to bet? Yeah, that would you know if they could get Pat McAfee talking about them all the time, uh, that would give a lot of exposure to their team. So. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Pat McAfee could give us some exposure. I mean, yeah. Uh, let's see, high school football. Don't talk about high school football a whole lot, but uh, this came out the other day on on local TV here in Michigan. The Michigan House of Representatives has passed a bill that would allow high school players to profit from NIL agreements, which I thought was strange right from the start. I said, well, how can they do that? That doesn't make any sense. And then I heard there are actually 34 states that already have such a law in place. So high school kids can uh, enter into a name, image, and likeness agreement with the uh, third-party people. Uh, it would bar boosters or alumni groups from pooling money to form a collective to provide entire teams with NIL deals or to draw students to a certain high school. You know, you, you just can't say, hey, you know, Joe Blow over there, you're a good running back. Why don't you come over here to uh, this high school across town and uh, play for us now and here's some money for you. Uh, so that's not going to happen. The bill also requires parental consent and disclosure and recording of all deals with the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Plus, the legislation prohibits students from entering into NIL deals, uh, requiring them to wear or promote a specific sponsor or item during official team activities. You know, if you got, uh, you know, Reebok or some kind of cleats or something, you can't wear them, you know, because you got to deal with them just because, you know, that's your deal. So this doesn't make any sense. You know, they got so many restrictions on what you can and can't do. What are these kids going to do, and, and how are they going to make this money? I don't know. Uh, and finally, it says here, uh, it also bars uh, certain contracts, such as uh, with alcohol, probably tobacco companies, and, uh, you know, adult entertainment companies. A local strip club can't be giving you money to... My name's Billy Bob <laughs> Thornton the Fourth, 15-year-old running back for... Well, I guess it's in Michigan. I don't know why I went Southern, but... <laughs> But from Southern Michigan, from Southern Michigan, uh, family from Tennessee originally, and uh, I'm supporting or sponsored by uh, Tobacco, Big Tobacco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't see any of that. Yeah, I'm sure uh, a lot of uh, um, 
cannabis shops would probably want to get oh, in my on goodness. this deal. So that, those would probably be. I, I get, but man, if they're underage, that should just be a non-starter right there. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't understand why they're giving this to to these kids. I mean, I I would have to look at some of the other states and see what are what are some of those deals made up. You know where this how makes they, sense? How are they doing that? Nil makes more sense in Texas and Ohio, where I think. Oh yeah, for high school football. Is a little bit more of a draw. Sure. I mean, don't get us wrong. We love football here in Michigan. Michigan, oh, yeah. obviously, the state of Michigan loves its football, but just down there, it's different. Those two states alone, there, California, yep. that is different. Yeah. Um, but here in Michigan, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't get me wrong. If there's any of these schools that are making money and like, or you know, like get enough exposure to where, hey, we can nil or a kid can get nil. Get your money, kid. I mean. I ain't going to behoove a kid for getting his money, but yeah, being underage like that, it just makes it a little more, like, yeah, no, a little I, more fishy. I disagree. I think this is totally wrong. Uh, you're giving these kids uh, a sense of entitlement uh, by, by giving them money at the high school level. Then they get to college. They're going to want more money. Uh, it's yeah. And guess what? That, like that's where the end of the road gets. You find these kids that can't handle that type of stuff. That's probably going to start <laughs> you weed, weed them out before you get weed the them co- out before they get to the professionals. You get rid of some of these players that are just, you know, you don't get your Archie Mannings who are Arch Mannings who are going out there donating money right. to places like that's, that's. I think it'll be a character thing too. Like, all right, we gave uh, Billy Bob Thornton fourth, you know, a, a great twenty thousand, maybe you know, five thousand dollar NIL deal uh, to I don't know support whatever our charity is or I don't know what they want to do our brand, and uh, he wasted all that money, burned through it, and wow, this kid's not bankable, you know, like. Maybe that you know, maybe something like that happens, and down the road nobody else is going to want to touch him. I I just I feel like the process will weed out mm. the people who are going to abuse it. I just think it's wrong. I I was shocked when I saw that thirty four states already have this on their you know doesn't surprise uh, me. Have a bill that that says it's a okay for the kids to do that. Like you said, Texas and maybe California uh, would be two states where I I could say yeah, uh, some of these kids are going to make a lot of money or. Or you know, get a lot of attention because they're going to go on to you know Notre Dame or or University of Texas or whatever. But yeah, just all these other states. What what is going on? I don't I don't care for it myself. All right, uh, one of my favorite shows just uh, came back on ESPN Plus. Peyton's Places with Peyton Manning, uh, season four, episode one, premiered this past Sunday, and it was all about National Tight Ends Day, which is the fourth Sunday in October is when it's celebrated. Uh, he was talking to George Kittle of the 49ers, and he also talked to Kellen Winslow, uh, formerly of the San Diego Chargers. And uh, it was great conversations with those two, and uh, it was very entertaining. <laughs> Peyton and, uh, and Kellen Winslow, or not Kellen Winslow, but uh, George Kittle were going around San Francisco putting flyers on cars, riding on the cable car, yelling at people, hey, uh, passing out T-shirts for National <laughs> Tight Ends Day. It was hysterical. It was great. And one thing that they mentioned, they actually talked about the CFL on that show. And they said that the uh, CFL is doing away with the tight ends. And I hadn't thought about this before, but they're right. Uh, They don't use a tight end in the CFL. They have lots of receivers. You know, they got 12 players on the team, so they've got like four or five receivers out there. Uh, But they're all speedy wide receivers to try and get down the field. Um, And really, they don't have tight ends up there. At least it doesn't. There still might be some beefy dudes who would have sure. technically been a tight end, like sure. in the old style. But but they're just yeah, they're just labeled, just labeled as a wide receiver. receiver. And yeah, you got some pretty big dudes out there catching balls over the middle. But 
they just they don't call them tight ends. They're just wide receivers up there. Yeah. So yeah, uh, looking forward to this whole season. I don't know, don't know how many episodes. Usually about ten episodes or so. Yeah. But yeah, check out Peyton's places on ESPN Plus. Uh, first episode just dropped uh, two days ago. All right, uh, today's birthdays and anniversaries for October 24th. Uh, quarterback Y.A. Tittle, born on this date in 1926. He passed away in 2017 at the age of 90. Man, I read a great book about him. I, I think he wrote it uh, with somebody else uh, called Nothing Comes Easy. Great, great book about uh, Y.A. Tittle. Go find it and read it. Uh, he went to college at uh, LSU, and he was selected in with the sixth overall pick in the 1948 NFL Draft by the Detroit Lions. However, he signed with the AAFC's Baltimore Colts, where he played from 1948 to 1950. He was then selected in the third with the third overall pick in the 1951 NFL Draft by the San Francisco 49ers after the uh, uh, AAFC shutdown. Uh, he played... Uh, uh, Played with the 49ers from 1951 to 1960 and was part of what was known as the Million Dollar Backfield. Uh, classic backfield uh, over there. I can't remember the other four guys' names. I didn't, have, I didn't have time to write them down. But then he also went on to play for the New York Giants between 1961 and 1964, and he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1971. And uh, the other uh, historical event for this day, on this date in 1971, Wide receiver Chuck Hughes dies during a game between the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears in Detroit. Uh, Lions wide receiver, I guess he was just uh, went out for a pass, and as he was uh, walking back to the huddle, he just collapsed on the field and, and uh, you know had a, some kind of a seizure and uh, passed away on the field. You know, uh, today he might have survived, but back then they didn't have the kind of uh, uh, medical response staff and, and yeah. yeah quick response teams and. They, it was probably similar to what uh, DeMar, Hammond, DeMar Hamlin, Hamlin had. Yeah, he yeah. just fell fell down on the field, and um, you know they were able to revive him. They just didn't have that technology back then. So, uh, um, but yeah, that was uh, uh, back in 1971. Uh, I was 12 years old when that happened. I uh, wasn't really a football fan, but I remember hearing about it from some other kids on the school bus uh, the day after the game. So mm. Monday going to school is where I heard about it. So yeah, Chuck Hughes uh, passed away on this date, 1971. All right, a couple of obituaries to talk about today. A couple of real tongue twisters. So I'll take the first one here. Uh, the first obituary, and this is where we take a moment to honor those who made the world of football a better place. Tom Reichleck, an end in the NFL and the American Football League for five seasons, has passed away at the age of 89. Reichleck pay, played college football at American International and was selected in the 10th round of the 1957 NFL draft by the Detroit Lions. He played in Detroit uh, in 1958, as well as for the AFL's Buffalo Bills from 1960 to 62, and the AFL's Denver Broncos in 1963. Our next obituary is that of Dick Bielski, um, an end, fullback, and place kicker in the NFL for nine seasons, has passed away at the age of 91. Bielski played college football at Maryland and was selected with the ninth overall pick in the 1955 NFL draft by the Philadelphia Eagles. He played with the Eagles from 1955 to 1959. And I'm going to (laughs) sneeze. Holy smokes. All right. You're allergic to obituaries. Apparently he played. I'm allergic to death. He (laughs) played for the Eagles from 1955 to 1959. He also played for the Dallas Cowboys in 1960 and 1961 and the Baltimore Colts in 1962 and 1963. 
All right. Uh, lastly, today, a couple of upcoming events on our upcoming events calendar. Saturday, October 28th, the CFL regular season comes to an end. So we'll know the final standings, even though the playoffs pairings are all set. Yep. We'll know what the final uh, uh, records are for everybody this year and, and uh, get the playoffs underway the following week. And then next Monday, October 30th, the Raiders at the Lions on Monday Night Football. We will be there. Yes, we will. And uh, hopefully, if we're the first uh, part of the 25,000 people to get in the gates, yeah. they're giving away Aiden Hutchinson bobbleheads. Don't tell anybody we want to get Yeah, we definitely are going to have to get those. Uh, well, we're going to have to try to get out, out to Detroit early from Kalamazoo. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a long day. We'll probably be outside a lot longer than we normally would, but it's a Monday night. I, I don't care about tailgating too much. I just want to get to the game right. and not hit that traffic. So I'm hoping oh, we yeah, get there a little good. early to avoid some traffic. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. We'll probably make some – well, we – I'll make some sort of video about our uh, – trip there because on top of it being you know just the world of football crew plus one going to this game it'll be your completion of the current nfl franchises coming to detroit to play the lions uh, a journey that is taking you oh what is it 49 49 years 49 seasons yes uh well it's not so much uh other teams coming to detroit i but, thought that's what it was but i've now seen every uh, oh, all, will. all other all the other 31 teams in the NFL play against Detroit whether in Detroit okay. or I thought on it was the road. mainly in Detroit No right? no okay. but uh, but yeah uh, the Raiders have not, were here a few years ago and I had tickets but your mom decided to fall off a horse and wound up with a concussion in the hospital so I didn't get to go to that game uh, so now they're back again and so now this will complete the, the Raiders were the last team I needed to see in yeah. person playing against my Lions, yeah. and that's what it's going to be. So, yeah, it took 49 years to to see all 31 teams. And I've seen some other teams over the years. It's not just the, the current 31, but teams like the, uh, uh, the Baltimore Colts, not the Indianapolis Colts, but I've seen both. And, and I've seen the, um, who was the other one, the Houston Oilers, uh, saw them play uh, in Detroit. So, yeah, yeah so, so there's been other teams too. But, yeah, to, to see every single team in the NFL that's currently there right now having seen them in person, have the ticket stub for most of them. The other ones, you know, the recent ones, they just don't do ticket stubs anymore. Right. You got to have a phone app and, you know, you show your phone and they scan it. Nothing on Let's paper. Take a screenshot of your ticket. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But, uh, <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's our plans for Monday Night Football this week. All right. Uh, anything else uh, that we need to mention before we, we close the show? We should be all good. Um, I don't see any other breaking news right now. So. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, well, that's it for this week. If you learned some, something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, original articles, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like the World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo. You can also follow our X account where the address is at TWOF Kalamazoo. We also have an Instagram account now. The address is the same. Just look for T-W-O-F, Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted on Tuesdays and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. So you can simply ask your Alexa device to play the World of Football podcast to hear us on whatever Alexa devices you may have. You can also find the full audio version of this show on YouTube. Search for uh, the YouTube search bar for the World of Football Kalamazoo or use the handle YouTube.com slash at the World of Football 
so please spread the word and subscribe, rate, review, give us a like, leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation. And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody, and I mean nobody, loves more football than the two of us sitting here in Kalamazoo. Until next time, when we'll try and do a better job. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I'm Randy Snow. And I'm Adam Snow. And we'll see you all next week.